Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a beautiful, beautiful episode for you today. We have Miss Sherry Barber, who is a wife of 25 years, mother of five adult children, author of a celebration of self journal titled Encourage Yourself Too, and one of the owners of Inspiring Purpose Counseling Group, which is an independent private counseling practice in Columbus, Ohio. She is an independent marriage and family therapist, earning a BS in human development, an MA in marriage and family therapy, and a current doctoral student earning a doctoral behavioral health. Sherry is trained as a trauma specialist, including prenatal trauma, trained in EMDR and brain spotting, trained in the couples therapy models of emotional focused therapy, Gottman and Prepare and Enrich, and currently on the journey to becoming a certified Imago couples therapist. She believes in the power of true relationship and connection to heal. Welcome to the show, Sherry. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. If people didn't know from that intro, you have a little bit of experience in this sector. (laughs) Just a little bit. I'm still learning. Definitely. It's a daily, daily thing. All students of life, but you definitely have the credentials and the backing to talk about our topic today, which is, you know, you and I were vibing a couple of weeks ago, just having a casual chat. And somehow the phrase came up like, do do divorce better. Let's let's learn how to do divorce better. And I thought this topic can go in so many different directions, but especially with somebody with your credentials backing it, I think this is just such a powerful, powerful conversation for so many people to tap into. But before we start, I love to know, like, could you tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about what you do? Oh my goodness. Uh, I love it. And I believe that the foundation is relationship, right? And so if we can get, so I love couples and I believe like it trickles down to our children and then to the next generation. If we can just show what true intentionality in relationship looks like, true communication, true mess ups, and how do we, how do we fix it? Right. And we teach so much. So I think if we can start with the couple, we can start there. Oh my goodness. For generations to come, they have a great roadmap. I love, I love seeing couples. I love when they get it. I love the aha moments. And I, whether that's an aha, like, oh, we shouldn't be together. Uh Aha. Or Uh it's an aha, I got it. This is going to make it better if we stay together moment. Right? Either one. Yes. Oh, it's it's so beautiful too, your commitment to couples. And because I think the coupleness can also grow into just partnership, partnership and relationships with anyone in our lives. It can be partnership as coworkers, partnership as friends, partnership as family members. It can just flow into so many different areas. But the one that tends to just bring so much, I think a lot of versatility is the Mm -hmm. one of that significant other coupling. And if we can really use that relationship as a powerful point of growth and understanding of self and other, I know that we can all do a better job as humans in this world. So the work that you do is so powerful. So good. 
That's exactly what if we learn how to be a good couple, this is the person you're spending so much time with. I mean, you wake up together, bad breath together. We, you know, we're smelling each other's farts, whatever. <laughs> so if we can be, if we can love, learn to love in that relationship, just think of how it's going to expand mm-hmm. to your sibling relationships, how we treat our coworkers, because if we feel loved, heard, seen at home, right? So that's why it's so important to me. But mm-hmm. again, it doesn't, we're not, we're here because marriage doesn't always work or coupling doesn't always work. So it's like, okay, we're here now. Then what? Right. We're here and we both decided, hey, you know, uh, maybe we have some work to do. Yeah. Right. But I think a big part of like, I know you were talking about doing divorce better is, hey, first we got to do marriage better. What did it look like? Like mm. when we first start, I know we have stars in our eyes and we're all in love and we forget like, wait a minute, we really don't know each other that well. I don't care if you knew each other before you signed that paper or, in, or not. Right after signing that paper is like amnesia sets in. I don't know. And we forget. We have this new expectation yes. of this person and they have no idea that we expect something different. So I say start going to therapy from day one, monthly. I This is something I really, really, really... And it's not because we don't... I just want to get out of the idea of going to therapy when something's wrong. Yes. Gosh, it's not like, um, it's almost, I don't want to say it's too late, but it's so fiery at that point. We have so many things we have to work out. Yeah. So sometimes we give up before we get to the end. But if we go in thinking, hey, there's nothing wrong, right? And I put that in air quotes, but who can learn to communicate better? Yeah. 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 There's therapy shouldn't be solely means for fixing something. Right. It's also highly beneficial in bringing clarity. Yeah. So, what about when I need clarity and how to be one of the parts of this couple? Right. So, can we use therapy for that? So, if we can start there, but again, you know, we're here because that may not happen all the time. But what do we do when we realize it's not working? Oh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. How we, how we leave a coupling or a marriage is so important. Yeah. How we leave is important. And I don't know. So if it didn't go well when you were married, I just feel like if we we have to make a commitment to leave. So guess what? We may have to go to therapy. <gasps> what? Go to therapy when I'm getting divorced? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yes. So it's okay. You know, it's really interesting. I want to go go to that space of talking about going to therapy beforehand, just in general. I don't know why this has become such a, a, a stigma or kind of this thing, like you said, because if you think about it, I relate so many things to health because people just get health situations right away. And we do this with our health too, right? We don't yeah. go to the doctor until we get sick right? We don't go to the gym until our doctor says we need to lose some weight or we need to make our heart healthier or we need Mm -hmm. to make our brain uh, a certain way. We don't start, maybe we don't start reading more until we realize that like our, our, our mental health is kind of like not as quick as it used to be. So it's like, we don't take action to be more preventative and going beforehand Going even, and I would back up even before marriage, I wish that people would recommend to get in there with your dating partner. Like, can we just get in there when we're in the dating phase, when we're getting serious before we put a ring on it? Can we make sure that we understand how each other communicates, how each other expects to receive things, how each other processes hardships, what kind of traumas each person is bringing to the table and what kind of work they're willing or unwilling to do to move through it. Because let me tell you, I've had enough partners like to know and myself to know, especially in my divorce, 
the biggest thing that I learned coming out of it was that I brought so many insecurities into my marriage that I wasn't, I didn't know existed first of all, which communicating and going to therapy would have definitely helped navigate those things. But I, I just, I really didn't know who I was at my core. That's so good. That's so very good because one of my most favorite things about couples is the premarital. Yes. And I always tell my couples, look, listen, this is where it happens right here. This is important. And if you see that there are discrepancies or if you see like, hey, I'm not understanding this view, this is where it happens. This is where we do all of this right here. These are where the decisions are made. And unfortunately, quite often when I do get a premarital couple, it's just something they're checking off. Ah, Uh, And that hurts. And so I ask right in the beginning, is this something we're checking off because you're going to get married next month anyway? You know what I mean? Because if it is, and so it's my favorite is when they say, no, we get married next year. And I'm like, yes, 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 because we have work to do. And I'm going to share, like, I would probably say it's about 50% of those who decide to not get married. Yes. And I think that's a great thing. I do. For everyone too. involved. Right. What, so a, we don't... what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing to realize that you're not going to be 11 years down the road, 25 years down the road, recently working with somebody who was 39, 39 years down the road. That's a lot of years to be with somebody to slowly unpack things about yourself and your significant other that mm-hmm. could have so much of it could have been figured out. And I think another part of this too, of the premarital or even we'll call it the dating zone counseling, yeah. right? Yeah, dating. I met my ex-husband in college. Mm-hmm. And I think back to my sweet, sweet 21-year-old self and went, oh my gosh, she just was in a whole nother world, a different mm-hmm. mind space, a different spiritual space, a different lifestyle space, a different financial space. And she had so much growing up to do, but she was checking off the boxes of yeah. what society has told her, mm-hmm. you know, go to school, find that person real quick, hurry it up, get a ring on it, get going, get that job, make that money, honey, get that family, get that house and let's freaking go. Yeah, And that sweet, sweet thing, could have really benefited from understanding really who she was growing into. Yeah. And then the fact that we change. Yes. We change. I always say with coupling, it's every five to seven years where it's like, okay, I'm I'm hitting another stage in my life, right? We change. So we have to check back in with ourselves, mm. right? Who am I now? Based on everything I've done, what have I changed mm. about me that I love? What has changed about me that, hey, you know what? This may not be a good thing. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not going to the gym enough or I'm not spending enough time with myself and I'm kind of filling my life with other things. Just taking a pause and saying, what about me has changed? Because if I don't recognize what's changed, ooh-wee, then my partner probably doesn't either. Yeah. And they don't know that you need something different now or what they used to do or what they used to say doesn't work the same now, right? And so it's about it's about making sure you're communicating effectively with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't even get that with your partner. If you, can, if you don't know how you've changed, if you don't know what you need now versus what you needed in college, because I mean, if you think about it, Heidi, you need something new different than you needed back then, right? Oh, yeah. But if 
But if we're not aware of what's happening in our own world, and I think that happens in that coupling space, that premarital space that, hey, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about getting serious with this person. What do I think they really need to know about me? Right. If you can't answer that question readily, go and do your work. Yeah. Hey, that's a great time to go to therapy. Let me figure out. I have this intervention that I do with uh, singles a lot. Who are you? What do you love? What makes you upset? What drives you? Right. And that's super important to know um, at the end of the day, because that's going to help us if we do get in a space where, hey, it just doesn't work out. We can walk away and be okay. Yeah. With how can I support you? I don't guess what? It doesn't have to be a battle. It doesn't have to be a battle because we're separating. Yeah. It just means we're going in other places. How can we do this in a different way? Are we committed to, especially when there's children involved, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to, I mean, I tell, I tell my couples all the time, I said, whether you stay together or leave each other, they're going to still be devastated because now they have to work on what happened while you guys were still together, that yeah. they were privy, that they were privy to. And I said, so they're they're going to need their work regardless. But how you handle this right now, right? How you handle this breakup with your children is going to be super important. They're going to learn so much if you guys are able to walk away as friends. Mm-hmm. And I know that's big. I know that's big when divorce. Those two words don't come up at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but you can. It's possible. And even just as respectful individuals right? Like friendship may feel like a stretch. And I've even spoken to several divorce women who have said like, I never thought in a million years that we would be able to do X, Y, and Z together. I never thought that we would be celebrating my birthday with my new husband and my ex and my kids on vacation. I mean, I have real true stories of women who have done these things, but they started in a space of like, no way, no how not happening. Mm -hmm. I'm open and available to it when I feel safe again. But in the beginning, sometimes we don't feel safe. We don't feel confident. We don't feel comfortable. We don't feel seen. We don't feel heard. All of those pieces that really build, like create the foundation of trust, those need to be reworked after things crumble down. And it's okay that it takes time to get to that space. And I love how you said, like going to therapy to get clarity. It's just such a beautiful piece because I think a lot of times we zombie our way through lives or just kind of neutral our way through lives and let ourselves kind of put on put it on cruise control mm-hmm. and not even realize that we're not driving the car anymore. We're like, we're, we're in the driver's seat, but we're not even driving. And I think a lot of times it's because it's easier to just coast than get actual clarity for ourselves. Yes. And it makes sense when you're talking about it. Hey, I'm separating from someone I've been with for a long time. It makes sense that you need clarity about who you are. Oh, yeah. It makes sense, but but not, but I'm telling you this the stats of those who actually go, like what you're doing is amazing because I need to get clear. Who am I now? Who am I? Who do I think I am that I'm really not? Yes. Right. That's the big one. Like, I'm not a failure. Right. You know, I'm I'm not this ogre. Right. Who am I? But who am I? Because I'm confused. So that's a great time to go for clarity. Like yes. at, the, at the end of the day, like, who am I? I know we talked about going into the marriage. We need to know who we are. But coming out of a couple or a marriage, we need to know who because we, we've changed. Do yeah. we want to come out bitter? Do we want to come out or do we you know, we need to identify what am I bringing out of this particular coupling that I don't need. That's not going to be good for me to take into the world. It's not going to be good for me to carry. It's so, 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 so important. And the fact that I think the stats right now are what, 8 million divorces since 2000? Mm -hmm. I believe it. Yeah. Wild. 
Yeah. That's wild. But what do we do? Like, I, I would love to hear the stats on how many are doing divorce better, though. That Ooh, are actually, I would yeah. love to hear the stats on like, how did you handle that? How were you able to talk to each other about what is it that you needed afterwards? Because um, mm. most of the most of the time they're going to get in that individual work. But sometimes there are questions you need, like, hey, how how did I change during uh-huh. that? Well, and I know. Yeah. How did I change? Uh, Well, first I was going to say, I was going to ask you what may seem like an obvious question to our listeners, but I'm going to ask it just to make sure. Is it okay to change? You, Yeah. Because if you're not changing, you're not growing. Yes. I mean, I know the answer. I knew the answer to that. I wanted to, I wanted to hear it from you because I think when we're going through relationships, especially one with a partner, especially one that we've invested so much time and so much energy into. I know that when it got to the point of divorce in my relationship, I was so embarrassed to admit that I had changed. So what I did was I said, Mm -hmm. oh, he changed. And I told everybody around me in the beginning, right? Because in the beginning, Mm -hmm. like we can't even see how we've contributed and we don't want to. And we got to put the pain and the hurt and the heartache somewhere else. It has to be yeah. someone else's responsibility because it too it feels too heavy for me to even believe that I could yeah. be a part of this, right? Yeah. So I I went like, oh, look at how she changed. I mean, he <laughs> said this and he did that and he was this. And look, look at him over there. Like we've been together for 11 years. Who is this guy? And mm-hmm. I'm sure he was looking at me going, look at her. I don't even know who this woman yeah. is anymore. And he even said to me when we got divorced, like, Heidi, I love you. I just, I don't want to be married to you. I just don't, yeah. I don't want to be with you. I think you're a wonderful human being. And I, to this day, think that my ex-husband is is a really great guy. I think he's a great guy. Oh, great. I hope he's happy. I hope he's thriving. In the beginning, I was kind of like, I really hope that he just misses me all the time and is unhappy without me. Like, I mean, that's the truth. But I evolved because I realized that I had changed and I finally, finally, after doing so much deep healing work with someone to support me through that, I learned so much about myself and went, oh my gosh, I changed and it's okay that I did. Yeah, it is okay. We didn't know how to navigate each other's growth. Oh, that's so good. And we talk about that a lot in therapy with couples. We're supposed to change. Like, like we're supposed to. We're supposed to become better at this communication thing. That's why I say every five to seven years, like literally be intentional about checking in. What about what you need in this relationship has changed since we first Yes. Oh, that's a big one. We don't want to ask that question. No, we don't want to do because we don't want to hear the answer all the time. Right. And we don't. And it's like, okay, well, oh, this is. So you no longer need that. You need more quality time. Oh, I didn't know. Wow. So your life experience is outside of like because we have life outside of our four walls of the marriage. Right. Life experience or, or coupling. So that life experience, you know what? I think I need more quality time. But if we don't tell that to our partner, they don't know. Yeah. So they don't know that. We don't, we we need this, you know, so it just, it just makes sense that we have to start back over and say, hey, it's been about five years. We need to have that combo. We've changed. I see your change. Affirm that, that those things that you see in that partner, oh. like I, I see this is, this is change. I want you to know that I see you, right? What else that maybe I don't see that I could be helpful in continuing to nurture or oh water in you? Oh my gosh. And those, we try to pull those, those are so, so important because we're supposed to change. I love that. 
I love, I love affirm the changes you see. I wrote that down because I think sometimes we get afraid to acknowledge that we've noticed that something about our partner is different and we get afraid to say, Hey, I've noticed. And, and because we think it, maybe they're going to take it as a bad thing. Hey, I've noticed you're more active, less yes. active, more intimate, less intimate, more talkative, less talkative, yeah. more expressive, less, you know, all these things, but maybe even affirming like, Oh, I've noticed that this is, this is like, this is this a part of who a part of your a part of who you want who you're growing yeah this yes that part is this a part of who you're becoming I want to I want to come alongside that with you yes yeah it's like how can I I love this new change I love this new thing and I've been noticing and I'm so glad you're sharing it with me how Mm. can I how can I continue to help with that change. Mm. You don't need to and I tell couple couples all the time you don't have to agree. You don't even have to always but this is you love them enough to say okay how can I partner with that? How can I partner with who you're becoming? Mm. Oh that Mm. is so like that's powerful. If some if someone asks you like how can I partner? I love what I'm seeing. Right? Mm. The intentionality. How can I partner with that? I'm gonna ask you the other side of this. Okay. What happens when we see things in our partner that we're not as excited about? We see it something that's changing. And because I know uh, this is something I noticed in my uh, former partnership mm-hmm. was I didn't express when I saw something changing that I didn't really love and appreciate at the time. And I couldn't find a way to, cause I mm-hmm. didn't have those skills. And so instead of communicating it, I held it in and then it created all this resentment, resentment. over time. And I wouldn't say a thing because I didn't know how to even say, this isn't something that I actually really love about you anymore. Yeah. How do we go about that in an effective way? Okay. So this is a long story short, short story shorter, right? (laughs) (laughs) If we haven't built safety, we won't be able to do that. Yes. That question won't, you will, you just, it just won't happen, right? Mm -hmm. They won't be able to receive it, right? That's why that work before, that work at the beginning has to happen because remember, there's nothing wrong at the beginning. We're just going for clarity and understanding of one another. Mm. So those hard conversations that actually have, you have to be able to tell your spouse like, hey, baby, I'm seeing something and I want to make sure that, you know, it's not something that, you know, I'm helping in, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm causing, first of all, I don't have a hand in this negative thing, but I want to make sure like, because sometimes, you know, when we change, we don't know that we're becoming more irritable all the yes. time. So we may need our partner to say, you know, I've been noticing something, but it has to be safe. So when we start a relationship, it has to be safe to tell the truth to our partner. And that's something we need to cultivate. Now, of course, we need to dip all truth in love. Like, don't I always say like that doesn't mean you just let it fly because you're thinking it. Right. Yes. Yes. I always say dip it in a little love. Right. So, so that we can make sure it's coming out like, babe, I'm noticing that you're a lot, you're kind of irritable on Tuesdays, right? Is it something that I can do? Maybe fix a different lunch on? I mean, it's just like, but you can only do that when it's safety. Like when you've cultivated safe communication, right? Yeah. Relationship. So it's hard. I really love the safety piece. I mean, I know that safety, I, I always tell my clients safety first is truer expression than you will ever know. And as you go through our 12 week program, it's like this safety. We don't do anything until we can't. tackle the safety. You can't. Piece. It's you can't. everything. You cannot. You can't. 
Mm-mm. And and I feel like when you build that safety and the permit, it gives permission to tell the truth, even when the truth feels really hard. So for example, it just hit me and I don't know why this is even an example, but I was telling you, you know, I didn't want to tell my partner and then it created resentment. One of the things was he would always have this Wednesday night thing with his buddies. Mm-hmm. So this Wednesday night thing with his buddies, he would go out and they would build motorcycles and they would drink beer and they would, you know, hang out and do all this garage stuff with the buddies. <laughs> and I realized like I, I I wouldn't tell him that I didn't really like that he did did that on Wednesdays because he never did that before. Like we did things on Wednesdays. Ooh. And then I didn't have anything to do on Wednesdays. And then I felt insecure and not good enough because why does he have all these friends? And then I have nothing to do on Wednesdays. So it actually turned into more of like a self-issue. It was a self-issue than a him issue. So me getting mad at him for going off and doing something that brought him a lot of joy, I just couldn't understand why he, why would you choose that over me? It was kind of one of those situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. there's this resentment if you say something and resentment if you don't. And so I felt like it was a lose-lose because we had never had this foundation of safety yes. that says, I'm feeling so insecure about myself that when yeah. you leave on Wednesday nights, I feel so lonely because I have all these insecurities. Like there just was no facilitation to get us to this point that when I say it to you now, it's like, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. But oh. myself back then in my 20s, without any kind of support in this space, she didn't know how to navigate that. She just thought, you're my husband now. Like you said, those expectations. Yeah. Like, you're my husband now. We do everything together. Didn't you know that? If, if didn't you know that we're together, everyone else is, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, I'm one, two, three, and four. So, and it's about, so that safety comes along with sharing, like you were so, what you just shared was you needed to know that you were still important, even yeah. though, right? And so I call it the want need after, after when it gets to the point of loss of communication or effective communication, because everything is communication, believe it or not, right? Yes. Oh, baby. But effective communication is when you're able to take that want, right? And make it a need. So after divorce, oftentimes one of the things I hear is I want to feel attractive, mm. right? What you really need is to believe deep down that someone else will want you. That's what you really need, right? Mm-hmm. What you like, like, oh, I want an apology or closure. No, what you really need is to know that you're not to blame for all of this, right? So it's like, what are you taking that one? No, I, you know, and just deciding, okay, what is it? How does it feed the inside? Because yeah. the yeah. inside is going to be where their need is. The one is always on the outside. Like, you know, uh, just understanding. I'm trying to get another one for you. Like that feeling attractive thing is the big one that I hear a lot. I need to feel like someone else will want me. So how do we speak to that when we're in therapy after divorce? Like, or when we're the divorce planner, right? Like when we're talking to you and saying, wow, is there life after this? Yeah. Well, I I still find, you know, and I'm speaking from a woman's perspective because that's the only thing I can do. So I'm like, like, well, and I've been divorced before, so I know what it feels like. Yeah. When you don't, that's the first thing you feel like no one's going to want me. Right. But what you, right. Instead of sharing that, it's like, I need to know that I'm still okay. Yeah. I'm still okay. Um, It's so, so important. So that's, Mm. and I went off a little bit there, but yes, so important. I I really appreciate that perspective too, because taking it back to the need, I also always teach my clients, like, how do you nourish your need? What part of you within you is making a request. We have all these parts of us that are always making a request. And our job is to be able to tune in 
like really, really listen in. And like you said, if there's a want there, if there's a desire there to feel more wanted, I Mm -hmm. have to look and go, there's a need within me. There's a part of me that doesn't yet feel like I want myself, like Uh I am wanted, like I love, like if I truly believe that I'm not going to be loved again because I'm not lovable, then there's a part of me that doesn't feel complete from me that I haven't loved fully. And that, that part was probably the biggest takeaway I took away from my divorce was that after I did the work and found my true self again, I realized that I had only loved myself probably, I'll go generous here, probably about 55%. Absolutely. And then I relied on my partner to make up the difference in the lovingness of self. And so Mm -hmm. when I did the work, then I completed every single time I said, will somebody else love me? Will I fall Mm -hmm. in love again? It was actually just a request from myself to go, you still have some percentages to make up, Heidi. How Mm -hmm. can you love yourself more? How can you get yourself to 100%? Because if you're not at 100%, that person can only meet you where you're at. So instead of him making up the 45%, he could actually only meet me at 55 there, I couldn't let my partner ever love me more than 55% of his ability, no matter how much he gave. That's that's it. That should be written on a billboard somewhere. Yeah. It is it. If we are, how can we share with our partner what we're expecting when it comes to them loving us? Or if we don't know, we don't know. I have, if we're at 55, like you said, 55, that other 45 could could be what I need from you. Yes. To feel love. So if that's it, so we haven't even told him. We he doesn't have, or he or she doesn't have any idea what's going on with us because we don't know. All we know is we look, can you and then we get upset when they're giving us 50. Oh yeah. Well, that's all we're giving ourselves. Yeah. That's and, <laughs> and sometimes they might be giving 200, but all you can receive in is the amount that you've gifted yourself. So oh, they might, yeah. they might be giving two thousand percent of what they've got for you. But your soul will only actually let 50% seep in if you only give yourself 50%. It's it. It's like I think it goes back. Yeah, that really reminds me of like we talk, everybody talks about the love languages, but I I how I share it with my couples is this is like air and water, basic need. Yeah. And if we don't know what it feels like to be loved or supported or seen. If we we don't have any idea what it feels like to receive love, right? We won't recognize it even if it's smacking us in the face. Oh. We won't realize it. We won't know, right? We talk about these love languages. Like we were talking, my husband and I were talking just today about mine's acts, little acts of service, right? Oh. So, and he loves buying gifts. Okay, thank you. I have a closet full of stuff. But baby, you don't pick up your socks. I don't feel like you hear me. You're not listening to me. You don't really care about me. Yes. No, it's so true. But I can share. So today I was like, you know, I'm realizing that I see you doing those little acts now and I feel right. But we have to share that with like, I really feel loved by you when you are like just doing those little things, like putting that pillow up on this way, the way I like it. Those things make, so that means that you're listening. So, but his is not that. Yeah. So I have to, I have to go to him and say, Hey, what makes you feel loved by me? Mm. Right? And accept it. If I don't have that and nine times out of 10, um, with our, with our partners, believe it or not, it's about becoming 
the right partner versus finding the right one. Mm. So it's about asking, what is it? What is it that I can do again to partner with you mm-hmm. and who you're becoming, what you need? And it is a selfless, right? It's selfless. Partnership is selfless, right? So, and just understanding and doing our own work, we'll be at a place where we can ask questions, we can receive truth, mm-hmm. which is important. Ooh. Um, and then decide on action. I call it a triple A. First, I need to be aware. Oh, I yeah. need to be aware that you need something, aware that something's off. Yes. And then I need I need to accept that I may have a part in that shit. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then guess what? We can together figure out what's the best action. None mm. of that can happen without effective communication and active listening. Am I listening for you or am I listening for me? Ooh, that's a big one. And if love is selfless. I should not be listening for me. (laughs) I should be listening for you, right? And one of my favorite things is, how does it feel as you're telling me what you're telling me? Does it, I asked my husband, he's like, what do you mean how it feels? How does it feel when you're telling me that that you're experiencing me in a negative way? He said, it feels, it makes me feel anxious. It makes me feel, so now I can speak, oh, now I can speak to that, Heidi. I can say, well, baby, I don't want you to ever feel like that when you have to tell me something's bothering you. Yes. Right? So, and they're just in those spaces, allowing that safety and that those communication spaces to be first before anything else. We got to keep it together. But mm. anyway, I, know I can go off on a tangent. I'm all about communication. And effect. Me too. <laughs> me too, me too, me too. So if we are talking about communication and we talked about the pre, we're big fans of the pre. And I think this the pre part is important on this episode, especially because a lot of the folks listening are navigating the waters, but they're also kind of some of them are through it. And mm-hmm. so they're starting looking to start new relationships. And so that self-awareness and that self-discovery, that time solo with a coach or a therapist or mm-hmm. both is my favorite jam. Like yeah. so many clients that do the work in both ways because they yeah. have their own nuances and it, they're both beautiful pieces. Work, work solo. But then as you move into the dating realm, welcome in the partnership to that safe space, knowing that it's for both of you. It's not so that you can get this new person to just be all about you. It's (laughs) a safe space to kind of just like unwrap all of the beauty and the gifts that all of you have to contribute and and see what that looks like together. But there's the pre and then there's navigating through. So how can we do divorce better as we're in it? When we're in it? We're in it. We're in it now. Put the same thing we would put that 10, 15, $20,000 wedding. Mm-hmm. I need you to I need you to want to put in a portion of that into doing some kind of exit counseling. Oh, right? that's beautiful. Tell me more about what that is. Oh my gosh, exit counseling is hey, we're not here to fix the problems of the marriage because mm. you guys have decided it's over. Mm-hmm. But what we are here is to say how do we want to exit this space? Ooh. How do you want to because guess what if you don't exit correctly, it just puts more work on you. It's a lot. To, it puts way more work on you. How do we want to exit? And a lot of times couples tell me, I just don't want to argue about the kids. I don't want to go and have a judge decide when I see them. Or oh. I want us to be able to do that, right? And it starts right there. Mm-hmm. It starts right there. What does it look like to exit? Again, oh. it's exit counseling. So we're not fixing the marriage. We're not talking about what broke down. Mm-hmm. We're saying, hey, what can I do? So that our communication is effective Mm. with our children and with each other. Mm. Hey, 
How about if I don't bring anyone else into our stuff, right? Because that happens. People divorce and go, somebody may move on faster than the other. Yep. Yep. Right. How do I just make this about me until the, me and you until the, to the other partner is ready? Like thinking about all those things, because we are going to, you know, the the goal is to, to move on, right? Yep. So, and just making some of those commitments to say, hey, it's going to be me and you navigating this, just me and you, mm-hmm. right? Until it's safe, mm. until it's safe. Because sometimes that really hurts the move yeah. on. I even right? think, you know, we didn't have children and we didn't have pets and we, it was very amicable separation. For the most part, it was the after part that felt super painful because you wake up and go, what just happened? It was kind of like a daze, like what just happened? What decisions did we make? And I even think exit counseling as a solo person without any extras, if you will, would have been really helpful because we both didn't know how how do we do this now? Are we still friends? And we spent months still hanging out and going to friend gatherings together. And it was crushing. Those moments, those times were crushing. They were devastating. They Mm -hmm. were hard for some of, for me <laughs> and probably, <laughs> probably for him. I don't, I, I shouldn't say that it, it's not fair to know what happened behind closed doors when, yeah. we, when we parted on his end, but also there's other, fi- there's other things involved. We both had two families. We both yeah. had brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas that we just literally just cut off. And to not really know how to navigate feelings of grief and loss with your partnership and with people existing within your circles, yeah. it it really can be soul crushing if you don't have the right tools and and communication pieces and support there. Oh and- my goodness. That's so good, Heidi. I didn't mean to cut you cut that like I really wanted to shout when you were talking just now because I don't think we talk about that in divorce. Like I lost the family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it it shouldn't be so, right? Yeah. It should not be so. Yeah. We we have to feel like there are so many people involved besides just you two, right? And oftentimes, unfortunately, when you divorce, you divorce everyone. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you don't know what to do. Right. You don't know how to navigate this space. And that's why it's so important also to do divorce better, because there are other people involved, like your friend circle, your extended family. Like they don't know what to do now. They don't know whether they're choosing sides. Yeah. So it's like sometimes it talks about that selfless thing. Like I I had realized that it's someone else in this picture, too. I've, I've asked all these people to come in in our union, but then we don't consider them when we're separating. Yeah. Right. And we, and and how we separate, whether that through effective communication will help our family know what to do. Yeah. They'll know how to stay. Suppose they wanted to stay in contact with you, right? They didn't know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so you, and you lose more than that and that, and if there's children involved, then it's just, it gets even stickier because the children have these extended families too. What does it look like? Oh, mom's not invited to this or Dad's not, oh my goodness, it's just a whole firestorm. Well, and in the in the whole world of social media, it was like I, we we didn't know. Do we unFacebook friend each other? Do we still leave messages on birthdays? Do we make a collage and put it on? Like, <laughs> are we using emojis still? What's happening? Or are we just like know. unfriend? Do not communicate. Do not talk. Yeah. And, so, and I think it's not just a all one size fits all at all. Yeah. It's really yeah. getting the help of uh, of a neutral party who's mm-hmm. an expert to guide you through the process of. Um, making decisions based on your future for yourself 
and knowing what that looks like in the best interest of you and your authentic self. Like what, what does my, what does this new version of me need and want mm-hmm. and desire and what's going to work. I know that I know I have several clients who struggle with that piece of I've never really talked to my spouse about if it's okay if I still stay friends with his sister, if it's okay mm-hmm. if we still go to certain things, even though we won't go together. But if he's not there and she calls me, can I go? Oh my goodness. Look how confusing that is. So confusing. It, and But it doesn't have to be. Because how how the couple, if you're able or committed or intentional about doing it better, Mm. like, hey, it may not be perfect in the first few sessions of exit counseling, but if you're committed to that, look at the the gift you give to the people who also cared about your partner. Yeah. Right. That that seemed that that, that's your family. Right. But they also cared about your partner. Do we just stop the group chat now? Because, you know, and then we will move on. You know, you will move on. You will get into new relationships and partnerships like, oh, I have a whole theory around that. It's like if we're not hanging out, something's wrong, especially if we have children. Yeah. I know it feels we I know it sounds weird to say it's like our children need to see that there is life after divorce. Mm. And we can still laugh. We can now. I'm not saying it's going to happen within a year or two, but what I'm saying is, in exit counseling, what is your goal for yeah. how we navigate how we navigate moving on with mm. someone else? How we navigate family? Those are all the things we talk about um, in exit counseling. And after the first few sessions, which are normally pretty rough, but yeah. um, that's yeah. what we talk about in there. Like, hey, what's your goal for that? What's going to be okay with you? What's going to be off limits for you? And then we learn to we learn to appreciate, and we if that if you know if it's better if that partner they says, hey, I need I need a couple couple of months before you you know kind of talk to my family or be around. Then yeah. you 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 honor that, right? Mm. You honor that, and you still during exit counseling you talk about like, hey, is it you know is this helpful for you? Just learning to do the things that honestly maybe should have been done right while you were together like how do we communicate about what's next is very important I love that. How do you communicate about what's next? That's huge. I think especially where sometimes I feel like it gets sticky for some of our listeners is how do I do divorce better when there's infidelity? How do I do divorce better when I feel so hurt that my partner made a decision that is really painful? Absolutely. So honestly, this is what I deal with most. And there's so many things to that because there's so much hurt. Yeah. But I will bet if I could get you to believe that that's not why you're divorcing, then mm. we'll help. Them. Then I can help you. Mm. Is, is that hard? Yeah. If I can get you to understand that that's not why you're divorcing. Mm. Right. And it never is. Right. Because it was broken before that. That's a symptom of the break, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Ah, if I can get you to believe it, if I can get you on board with that, I'm telling you, because then it's not about you. It's about the problem. What was the problem? Uh, It's not about him or her. What was the problem? Yeah. What did I not see or what was I willing to see? Willing to see. Yeah. You know, and I, mine wasn't an infidelity situation, but in, even in my example earlier where I said, you know, I didn't say certain things because, and then I had all this resentment, right? I could have acted on that resentment in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of ways. And just saying like infidelity can be one of those ways that we cope, that we cope with our own in 
securities. Say it louder. So yes. that's that's what I, the partner who's been, I call it the, the cheaty and the cheater, right? Yeah. Uh, whatever. But yeah. just understanding like there's so many nuances to infidelity. And it's yeah. not just believing like you're not the problem. They're not the problem, but there is a problem. Yes. Right? And maybe... And act what I and which they really hate sometimes is hey now we don't have that little outlet over here anymore right to yes because it was actually probably helping us stay together yeah so we, we don't have that anymore now we have to actually communicate with one another right that is so big if I could get you to really believe like that's not oh I keep saying it that's not the problem oh. It will really get you to externalize what it actually is. But again, it goes back to what you said at first. Like, I wanted to blame. Well, you want to blame some. It can't be me. It can't be my ineffective communication that I went out and did this or I went, you know, so we don't want to we don't want to actually look internally first. And that's a norm. Yeah, that's normal. That's normal. That's a defense as well. I need to blame someone for this thing. But if we're able to say, wait a minute, there was something wrong. I wasn't able to communicate with my partner before all this happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's never, it's never really about, it's always communication. Mm-hmm. It's never the infidelity. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, I love how you said you're helping, sometimes helping people realize you're not the problem, but there is a problem. That is huge. Don't take it personally, but there's something mm-hmm. off here. There's something that's <sighs> not fitting. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had this conversation with a couple of clients up to this point, and that is recognizing that sometimes when there's infidelity, our partner has been looking for a way out for a while. And until they get caught doing something that they know you can't live with, they have to find mm. this out and they have to find a way to make it like there's there's no way that you're you I have to, I'm I'm not willing to get out of this. Mm. I don't want to be responsible for the divorce. Wow. That's so, a perspective. Yeah. And and it's not, that's not a, that's not a coverage. That's not a, a if you are going through infidelity, that's what right. it is. That right, isn't right. in a case by case situation. But I know for one of my clients, that was a really big one recognizing, holy smokes, like he's been trying to end this for a long time and I haven't been willing to listen. Ooh, that's big. Goes back to that. What is it? The foundation is still communication. I can't communicate. He can't communicate. She can't. Com- I'm not able to communicate that something's wrong. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel safe. Yes. So guess what? I go into self-sabotage. I'm going to not only sabotage the, the relationship, I'm going to sabotage my integrity. Yes. To do this, to get yes. out of here, to run, right? That's and, right. And oh my gosh, you got you hit that one on the head there. Well, and even what you said earlier about something about being the partner that is willing to acknowledge that someone has is going through changes or that someone might be off a little bit, going back to that safety piece of being able to say, instead of letting all these pieces accumulate as your partner makes adjustments as they go, as they flow. And you said like five, five years is checkpoint. I would challenge folks listening, check in every year, check in every year. It would be hurt. 
right? It can't hurt. <laughs> just because can you imagine? And I do an end of year reflection and then I've just started sharing with my new, not my new partner. We've been together for six years now, but like mm-hmm. um, things that are on my desire list and my growth list and things like, like just sharing so that you're aware of some of the things that I'm excited about this year or, or curious about this year. I think that's really a really, really helpful space to be so people don't go like, why are you all of a sudden doing that? That's What's so going on good. with you. And then it's not just this big like five years of accumulation. It's like maybe there's a little little U shift here, a little U shift here, a little U shift here, and and we're introducing things along the way. But it's not. It's this gradual kind of yeah. stretch, if you will. We're taking a stretch. Yeah, that's so in good. every new year, and I think that that's kind of a. It's been a really powerful thing just for my own self development, but also mm-hmm. in, in partnership to go. You know, we don't have to do this together if that's not your jam. But here's what I am noticing and acknowledging. I want for for myself in the new year. Oh, I love that. And it kind of goes with something I do with couples. Like we go through this work and they're like, oh, we think we're going to be here to talk about the problem. No, no, we don't have to talk about a problem to find a solution. I really believe that. And one of the questions I ask is like, what is one of your biggest accomplishments, right? And they're like, huh, what does this come from? Your spouse needs to know so that they can encourage that part of you, right? So if your biggest accomplishment was, I don't know, having a child. So guess what? That means something to you. It's important to you, right? And so if it was graduating, there's a story behind that accomplishment. So my goal is to get partners to hear each other differently. Like there's something behind that accomplishment. There's something behind. And the the reflection of that is I ask, what's your biggest regret, right? Mm. Your partner needs to know when it's safe, right? So that so that they can come again. It's about coming alongside you and yeah. saying, "How can I become?" I really believe it's about once you find that person, becoming the right partner. You working on becoming true to self first. Got to be true, right? And then becoming the right partner. And then if your partner is becoming the right partner for you, and you're becoming the right partner for them through effective communication. Oh my goodness, powerhouse, powerhouse. Yes. Ah, oh, so good, so so good. I love so many of the things that we talked about today. We could go on and on and on. I think we're going to have to probably have a, a, a go around two of, at some point <laughs> in our lives. But I wanted to ask you a few closing questions um, before we actually end. But actually, I have one more thing that I wanted to talk about with you. And that was because you and I were actually, I don't know if you remember, but you and I a couple weeks ago were talking about our intuition. And even today, we were actually talking about intuition before we pressed record, just just in general, how how powerful it is to both you and I and the work that mm-hmm. we do and for ourselves. And one of us had said, don't forget, you know, just listen to your gut and your pings. Like mm-hmm. your pings are always on point. How important is your intuition? And how do you get more in tune with it if when it feels kind of distant? Because I feel like our bodies are always giving us pings. All the time. But that's that's where the we we hear this this buzzword self care all the time. That's where the self care comes in. What does it feel like? I have you know you have people that ask you how are you doing and you oh good. What does that feel like from neck down? What does good feel like? Being in tune, like what do I? What does my stomach feel like when I'm good? Yes. What do my legs feel like when I'm happy? Being in tune, doing that mindfulness work, that somatic work is so important. I can always tell you what's going on with me when I'm not happy. My stomach's upset. Right. But how about when you are happy? How do your arms feel? 
What does your throat feel like when you're happy? Like being in tune with yourself. You got to do that self-work first. Mm -hmm. That's going to, guess what? So that's going to, that means when something's off, you're going to know it. Like, you know what? This is that feeling I got last time when such, such, when that, right? And so that's what that intuition is about. Like, do I know what I feel like when, when it's good? when I feel excited, when I feel sad, like, do I know what my body feels like? Because Mm. your body's always talking to you. Yes. It's trying to get some stuff to your head. It's trying, but you know, we're so complex. So our, our brain has the power to say, you know what, shut it down. We can't go there right now. Right. (laughs) I can't go there right now, but spending that time in mindfulness and, or meditation, that's where you, you tap in, you Mm. tap in Mm. and intuition and uh, intuition is going to be big. Yeah. And you're going to know like, oh, I need to talk with my partner because something's off with me. Maybe they know. Maybe they saw something. Right. And this Mm -hmm. again, that's a safety space as well before Mm -hmm. you can actually have that. So, yeah. Listen, listen to your pings. Listen to those body pings. Get Mm -hmm. more secure with what they mean for you and answer it. Answer, answer the request. Answer the call. Answer, answer the, the call. call. Answer the call for sure. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. How can our listeners get more Sherry in their life? How can they get, okay. get more of you in their life? All right. So right now, of course, I'm solely seeing couples. So you can always call um, our office at Inspiring Purpose Counseling Group, which I'll give you all the information, Heidi. That's the best place. I'm, again, I'm only seeing couples for exit, pre, or Ah, so any of that and clarity. I need to, you know what? I'm going to call it clarity counseling. Yep. So, and clarity. Sometimes there's nothing wrong. So, um, you can absolutely call there. You can find me, of course, on social media, whether it's Instagram, Sherry Barbour. I'm always doing my name because it's just easier. Um, so, you can always look there. And for those that are doing some work after divorce, mm, um, I do have I do have a journal that it just takes you from. The spaces it's guided, which sometimes after divorce, I know you need a guided journal. Sometimes I just don't want to sit there and puke on the page because I don't no. know what is going <laughs> on. <laughs> right. And I need something. That, so it takes you from the space of what are your intentions for 2024? Right. I love the love ten- intentions. And then it says, what do I need to forgive? Mm. I want to always go in. I I, to, I do more, uh, January, the first month of the year. Is about, it's all about forgiveness, forgiveness of things that you may not realize that you need to forgive. And the last week is self. Mm, yes. Right. And it, we, it takes a, all the way to acceptance. So from forgiveness to acceptance, and it's 12, it's like a 12 months. So it's 12 months built in there. Um, and it's just a building again, what we talked about mindfulness, oh. time for self. And that kinetic energy of pen to paper is amazing anyway. Um, yes. So yeah, you can find me through my journal um, and any social media platform. So yes. And we are going to put everything in the show notes and you guys, Sherry even put in a special offer link. So you can Yay. get the encourage yourself to journal for 25% off using the link that's in the show notes. So check it out. I know people are going to want to touch base with you after this yeah. in one way or another. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now I'm going to ask you our two closing questions. The first one is, they're very easy. Okay, kind, good. Kind of easy. What is one thing that you love about you? I love that I get to change me every day if I need to. Um, I really do believe that that God's mercies are new every day. And I take advantage of those. I live in grace some days. <laughs> yeah. I live in that space all day. So I get to reinvent me. So if I screwed it up yesterday, I get to do it again every day. That's what I love. And I'm beginning to embrace that 
mm-hmm. more. It's a work and like I embraced it every day. You know what? I screwed it up. Okay. Oop, new day. Yeah. New day. New over. day. Here I am today. That's, that's what I love about me because that took a long time to get there. So yeah. same. I love that too. Oh, yeah. that's so good. And then the last question is what does joy feel like in your body? Joy in my body feels like my back is relaxed because I hold my stress there. So I'm very aware in my back and in the top part of my belly. So joy feels like I'm relaxed in my back. It's especially my back now. That's where I, it's like, it's something about my back. I just tense it up. My kid's like, mom, you need a, you need a massage, you know? So that's where I carry it. And so when I know it's relaxed, I feel it. And I'm like, wow, I'm not carrying anything that I don't need today. Mm. And it's like my telltale, right? What yeah. a good feeling. What a yeah. good feeling. Just pure, yeah. pure release there. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I just want to thank you for sharing your expertise, for sharing your light, for sharing your love, for sharing all uh, all the parts of you so vulnerably today and for all the work that you're doing out in the world. It's so, so needed. So thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for having me, Heidi. Just love it. Love you. I appreciate it. And uh, to everybody else listening, remember you are safe, you are loved, you are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with your divorce planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.